And so over the next several weeks, we're going to be talking about this. And this pattern is shown through the Bible from the very beginning to the very end. You can almost find it in every book of the Bible. It's as early as Exodus chapter 6, God laid out his plan of this step. But what we're going to, Scripture, I want to pull it out just for five minutes today, is out of Ephesians chapter 1. It's actually a prayer that Paul prayed. And it shows these steps that we're going to talk about. And it says this, it says... Do not cease giving thanks. I do not, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention you in my prayers. Paul said, "All right, I pray, and when I pray, this is what I pray for you." He wanted it to be real clear what you're doing this for, and we're going to talk about that. The summer says that the God of your Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of Him. Now, that's point one we're going to talk about today. The reason why and what you're to do now is you are to know God. People come into church and they, you know, they, they, they feel and they realize God has changed them and saved them. And the question is why? Because God wants to know you. And God wants you to know Him. But I've got to be honest with you. Most of my life, I knew church. Most of my life, I knew religion. Most of my life, I knew rules. And a lot of my Christian life, I did not know God. I knew how to be what we called a Christian. I'm here to tell you something. That if you don't know God, but you know church, there's a very startling scripture in the book of Matthew. And it says this. It said, there's going to be many people that stand before the Lord. And they're going to say, Lord, Lord, I prophesied in your name. And Lord, Lord, I did this and I did that. They're really saying, Lord... Man, we were a part of a church. We believed in religion. And Jesus is going to say this, but I never knew you. We do what we do because we want to know God and God wants to know us. Now that word know comes out without going real geeky on you today. It comes out of a deep word, not just have a knowledge of. It's actually the same word know that's used when the Bible says and Adam knew Eve. It's an intimate relationship, a personal thing that only you and God can have. You can belong to a church. Your number can, your name can be on a roll. Your name can, you can have attended every service from the time you were five till now. And you can still not know who God is. And we don't ever want to be a church that just does church. We want to be a church that knows who God is. And knows Him as a personal God. Because it says He cares. He cares about what you're going through. He cares about what you're facing. He cares about the situations going on and around. The purpose of your life, number one, is for you to know God. I'll go on and lay out the other ones. Number two, the purpose of what you're doing is for you to find freedom. It is not God's heart for you to walk around in life broken and hurt. And what happens is, the situations, circumstances we've been through, things that have happened to us, areas that... We've had to walk through life in that were hard and difficult. A lot of times that breaks us and wounds us and scars us. God does not want to leave you that way. God wants you to be free. All the hurt, all the brokenness, all the pain. And God will heal you. Let me tell you how He does it. We know God and that saves us. We find freedom by connecting with other Christians. I want you to know something. You getting free in your life is not you reading a book or you find... 
You getting free in life is you getting people around you that helped you walk out what God has done in your life. The way you find freedom is you connect with others. The Bible says that when God looked at Adam in the garden, it says he made Adam and he made the animals. He made it all beautiful and it was all perfect and good. But then he looked and he says, it is not good for Adam to be alone. Do you realize Adam was not alone? As a matter of fact, the Bible says God walked in the cool of the day with him every day. Do you know why God said it's not good for God to be alone? Because I want you to tell something. If some people say, I don't need a church. Well, I, I, you know, I, I have my own relationship with God. That's not good. God said it's not good. You need people to connect with you. Because you will not be able to walk out the freedom that God's put in you if you don't connect yourself with people that will walk it out with you. The Bible says a three-stranded cord is not easily broken. So one of the purposes at our church is, one, we're going to know God. Number two... We're going to walk in freedom. We're going to find freedom. Number three is we're going to help you discover your purpose. You were put here for a purpose. You were put here for a reason. God wants to use you to do great and mighty things. Your kids are not by accident. There, there is a destiny on them. How many of you guys can remember when you were seven, eight years old and you knew you were special? Can you remember that? Do you know why? It wasn't because you're narcissistic. It was because you are. The problem is, the farther we walk away from what we were then... And we go through more circumstances, more situations. The enemy convinces us we're just normal. You're not normal. There's nothing normal about you. God put you here with a purpose and a destiny. And what he put you here to do is to create his will in your life. And when you do it, you'll be fully fulfilled. So over the next several months, we're going to be helping everyone in the church find their destiny. But the thing about it is, that for years, I, was, I knew what God had called me to do. But I couldn't do it. You know the scripture that Paul wrote that says, that thing I want to do, I can't do, and that thing that I don't want to do, I do do? All right? That was me. I knew God had called me into ministry, but I was just too wild. I'm going to be honest with you. It wasn't a heart issue. It was a flesh issue in me. You know, Jesus looked at his disciples and said, your spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. I mean, I would come to church on Sunday, and I would ask God to forgive me, and I would commit and mean it wholeheartedly. I would walk out of church, and the next day I was living and doing exactly what I was living and doing before I came to church Sunday before. And so the week would pass, and I would have to go back to the altar on Sunday. And this is what I used to tell everybody. I kept getting saved until it stuck. Let me tell you what really happened. I kept getting saved until I got filled with the Holy Spirit. And then I got the power to live out what God had done on the inside of me. You say, well, Cricket, show me it's in the scripture. For three years, Peter, the Bible called him a rock that I'm going to build my church on. But he couldn't quit cussing. He couldn't quit cutting. He couldn't quit trying to manipulate and work the situation for him to get on top. He was trying everything. Although he loved God more than anything. Because if Jesus said, do you love me? He says, yes, I love you. Do you love me? Yes, I love you. But he could, if somebody made him mad, he cut your ear off. That's a bad home life for that to be your first response. I mean, he, he, didn't, he wanted to, but he couldn't. But it wasn't until when he was in the upper room that the power of the Holy Spirit filled him. And he walked out of there. And he had the power to live out what God had called him to do. One of the purposes of the church is for you to encounter the Holy Spirit and you to be filled and you be able to be given a power on the inside of you to help you walk out what God's called you to be. And then thirdly, or fifthly, <laughs> we're going to make a difference. We're going to make a difference. He didn't save us to keep us in here. As a matter of fact, we come in here, we get filled, and then we're to go out there and we're to do something for Him. We're going to change the city. Amen. That's what we come to church for. And I'm here to tell you this. 
I'm fully convinced your children will not be able to fulfill the destiny and the potential that they have inside of them unless they are connected to God and a church and they're filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And when they walk into the schools and they walk into the universities and they walk into this world that we live in now, God can use them to make a powerful difference. I believe that is God's plan and that's the direction we're going to be going. So that's what we're doing. But it starts with number one, knowing God. So for the next 15 minutes of this day, we're going to give you and your kids an opportunity to understand what that means and where it starts. Now, I'm just coming, coming I'll go. I want to turn out, give our children, Pastor, a big hand clap. She's going to tell us. It's more than church. It's relationship. Good morning. So I get to do the Bible story. So I'm going to do the story of Nicodemus coming in at night to see Jesus. Um, and Cricket had said something to me. I didn't know, you know, they said Nicodemus came up with Nick at night. Well, I think Nicodemus might have. So this story does, it takes place at night. But I want to move back just a little bit before John chapter 3, where it talks about Jesus comes into Jerusalem, and he's getting ready for the Passover celebration. And when it gets there, there's so many people from the surrounding countries that are there getting ready for this celebration. So he heads to the temple. And outside of the temple, there's people exchanging money and selling animals for sacrifices. And, you know, this, this upset him. How can you take advantage of this celebration for yourself? So he went and he got the material to make a whip out of a cord to drive those people out away from the temple. Well, they wanted to know, how do you have the authority to make us leave? Who are you to make us leave? And he just simply said, you tear up this temple and I'll raise it in three days. Well, for them, they were thinking, this took us 46 years to build this, and you're just going to raise it in three years, and three days. But what he wasn't talking about, the building itself. He was talking about the temple of his body being raised after the resurrection. So I feel like Nicodemus, he witnessed all these miracles that Jesus was performing and all the words that he was given and, and teaching these people. So it stirred something up inside of him. So he said, you know what, i got to go ask him a question. So nobody really knows why he come at night. Was it because his day was so busy? Was it full of other things ahead of him? Was it because there were so many people around him that he felt like maybe he couldn't get over there to Jesus? Or was it because he didn't want them to see him talking to Jesus? You see, Nicodemus was a, a Pharisee, you know, one of the leaders in the Sanhedrin. So he got to be with a lot of people, you know, and he's seen a lot of works, but not like that. So he gets over there to Jesus, and he didn't know how to address him. He didn't know what, how to, what do I call him. So he gets there, and he says, Rabbi, I know that you are a teacher sent from God because no one can do the miracles you do unless God is with him. Well, Jesus answered, and he told him, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot be in the kingdom of God. Well, this confused Nicodemus. How can you be reborn? How can you do that? I'm already an old man. I can't go back into my mother. How, how do you do that? Jesus told him, unless you are born from water, that's from our mother, and the spirit, you can't enter God's kingdom. See, our body is from our parents. But our spiritual life is born from the spirit, the Holy Spirit. And Jesus told him, don't be surprised when I tell you this. You must be reborn again. 
to cleanse that. All of that that's on you, all of that that's got to go off, the uncleanliness, the sin, all of that has to go away, and it can only be done through the Spirit. You can't do that yourself. And until you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you won't really get to experience the kingdom of God and what the kingdom of God has for you. I promise you it's so much better once you're reborn in the Spirit. See, Jesus was telling Nicodemus that he needed to experience both his spirit. A sinful person cannot be born of the Spirit on their own. Jesus told Nicodemus, you're an important teacher in Israel, but you still don't understand what I've just told you. He still had questions. He still was confused. He still wasn't understanding, I guess, exactly what he was saying. But see, you see, you don't understand. You, he didn't want to believe it because he, he didn't see it. He can't see God. Well, you don't go by seeing. It's what you believe. And he didn't accept what he was told. So how did he expect God to, you know, explain this to him when he wasn't even believing exactly what he was seeing Jesus do on earth? So how could Jesus explain this of heaven to him? How could he explain that being reborn if he wasn't even believing anything that was being taught on earth? He witnessed the miracles. So what more did he need? And that's where children, our John 3.16 verse came in. And what does that say? For God so loved the world, he sent his one and only son, so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Simply believe. But one of the things Jesus told Nicodemus was that people testify or witness or tell people about what they know and experience. What we see, hear, feel, taste. And Jesus explained that if Nicodemus wasn't willing to believe that he saw what Jesus was doing, then why would he believe Jesus is who he told him he was? Or that he would believe him with all the things that goes on in heaven about the Spirit and how you're reborn in the Spirit. Nicodemus can't see heaven or experience it without being born in the Spirit. That's any of us. And then Jesus told Nicodemus the most quoted Bible verse telling him exactly how to experience eternal life. Simply believe. You've seen it here on earth. So imagine what it would be in heaven. Imagine what it would be like if you got to really experience the kingdom of God through the rebirth of the Holy Spirit. All of that uncleanliness, all of that's gone, all those things that come against you all the time daily. It's over. You get reclaimed, you have a different way of looking at things. The different way of doing things. How you act, how you portray yourself. What you say to other people of how we get them to come and say, you know what? You know what I know? You know what I've experienced? The same thing that God wants for you. He wants you to be rebirthed in the Spirit. A person has to be born again. It means allowing the Holy Spirit to wash you clean. And as a result, you live differently. Can't go back to what you were doing. Now it's time. You've got to step your game up. You've got to do it differently. And once you do that, once you do that one thing, now you can experience the kingdom of God and all that he has for you. We just look at it. We give it boundaries here, but there is no boundaries. And once you're reborn in the spirit, I'm telling you, I remember the first time it happened for me, and it was so amazing. And I'm watching these kids. They'll get up there and praise and worship and start just crying and then they'll start speaking in tongues. And it just goes all straight to my heart. They're already experiencing it. But it can't stop here. It can't be 
once a week when they come to church. This is something that's a daily process, something that needs to be fed into them daily at home. And I love what I do. I love each and every single one of them. And I won't ever stop putting what I can in forth for them to use in everyday life. I put challenges before them every week to be reborn. See, it's like when you wash your hands and you get all the dirt and the sticky off. It's the same thing. Jesus can wash your heart of sin and make you righteous. When you do this, you're born again. We don't go back inside of our moms and go through the birthing, birthing process again. Instead, our souls are now are new and are born again of the Spirit. Once you're made clean, you shouldn't want to go get all dirty again. Because Jesus died so we could have clean hearts. He did the hard part for us. We get to do the easy part. It's a choice. Believe. Simply believe. Take that step. If you haven't ever come up, you know, whenever the pastor's asking you, if you haven't ever been filled with the Holy Spirit, you know, come up for prayer. Don't let the enemy keep you pushed back in your chair. Fight that. Jump to your feet. Just like that song said, jump, jump. Be the first one there. Because I promise you, you won't experience anything else as amazing as being birthed, rebirthed through the Spirit. In fact, once Jesus saves you, then you should want to tell everyone around you, this is where I started, but this is where I'm going. No matter what comes before you, it can come off of you. Whatever you've already got on you, it can come off of you. It has to leave. To be rebirthed in the Spirit is an amazing experience, and you should want everyone around you to experience that starting with your children. Praise God. Miss Amanda's going to get her memory verse stuff real quick. I think we're going to do a video, but I want to save your time. Where does it start? What's it about? It starts with knowing God. It starts by knowing God by simply, number one, accepting Him. You say, well, Cricket, how do I accept Him? Can I show you? Hey, do you want this? It's yours. Just take it. That's how it happens. And today, kids, in just a minute, we're going to give you an opportunity to accept Jesus. If you've never done it before, or even if you've done it before and you're just not real sure that He's there, you're going to get that chance. Miss Amanda's memory verse, she's got seven cards. She needs seven people to help her show it because this memory verse is very important. It tells you exactly what you have to do to start this knowing God process. So, do we got seven boys and girls real quick? Uh, all right, one. Come on, run up there with Miss Amanda. Run up there. One, two, three. Let's go this way. Oh, you want to go? You don't want to go? They're not riding chickens. <laughs> Do you want to go? Right up there. Right, right, right. All right. How many we got? Right up there. So Miss Amanda, Miss Amanda. You want to come? We got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Wow, how could that have worked out? All right. Line them up. She's going to get them in order. And now this is what we're going to do. Kids, I am convinced you can learn this scripture quicker than your parents. And we're going to give them a test. Is that cool? We're going to give them a tip. We're going to have kids versus parents. Here we go. As she's passing them out, you come step right here. I want all the kids read with me. Say, if you... Read it with If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. You come right here. 
and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and you are saved. We're going to say it again, alright? Now, this is how easy it is. It doesn't say if you act right all week long. Boys and girls, it's not about a doing. It's about just believing and confessing. How many of you guys can believe God raised from the dead? How many of you guys are willing to confess that He's your Lord? Alright, parents, let's give you a shot. Now, parents, most of us just know the first part, Romans 10, 9. We threw 10 in there too to make it difficult on you. So, hey, you ready? So, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart. I love this. not with your hands. It's not with your history. It's not with your doing. It's not with your being. It is with your heart. You don't understand how powerful that is. Because I don't care what you've done. You can change it with your heart this morning. It says that you will believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and you are saved. We're going to read it all together one time. Then we're going to mess you up, alright? If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Amen. And everybody say Romans 10, dot, dot, 9 and 10. That's its address, all right? So we're going to move you right here. Come right over. You come right over here. I'm going to put you come right over here. I'm going to put you two right over here. All right. You want to let mom and dad go first? We've left the first one up here for you. Let's see if mom and dad can get it. On the count of three, I'm not going to say it. One, two, three. Naaman's the only one that got it. <laughs> All right. Kids, y'all think y'all can beat one? You think you can? All right, let's try it. I want you to say it big, loud, and proud. And let's beat our parents. Here we go. If you declare with your mouth, say it with me, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Go. Go. <laughs> that it is with your heart that you believe. <laughs> Miss Amanda, I'm so messed up. I'm going to let you do this. Because <laughs> I'm lost too. My kids just would have beat me. <laughs> Here, I'm going to tell you what, guys. Let's get them in order. Can you do that? Tell them what to do. Who's first? Y'all move back to where you're supposed to. 
Can you do it? Can you move back where you are? Look how sharp they are. That's sharp right there. <laughs> they got it? Let's see. Read it. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Give them a huge hand clap. All right, you guys can go sit down.